Hey there, I'm Danielle Ackeson, and this is the Silver Lining Live podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. I believe something can be learned from every situation. The Silver Lining Life gives everyone a voice. Real life people and experts share their life. They share how they've overcome tragedy, their victories, and their defining moments. So why is this important? Because it's easy to look at a person and think it's been so easy, quick, or perfect for them. But that is so far from reality. There is work, struggle, and heartbreak. As we will learn, a silver lining life isn't a perfect life. It's about enjoying the life you've been given and even those hard times. So sit back and get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Silver Life. I don't even know my name anymore. My The Silver Lining Life podcast. <laughs> and I am so excited because today Cheryl Barr is here with us. And if you don't know Cheryl, she's going to give you her full, her full bio and her story. And she's going to blow your mind with this. Um, it's funny. Um, we were just talking about how, how I, I found her. Um, and it was through our mutual friend, Brandy Flitner. And I, of course, went to... Um, just to honor Brandy Flitner and, um, and her awesomeness. And that is who joined us. So I, I, of course, wanted to mention that as we're, as we're talking here. So welcome to the podcast, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And of course, we're just, we were just loving up Brandy before we got <laughs> on this live. So Brandy has been an admin uh, for me, um, before she was really an admin, I think I hired yeah. her away and didn't really have a job and created one for her. And she was my customer happiness manager. And wow, is she phenomenal. So, so I'll tell you a little bit about me. I'm, um, the thing that you need to know is I've been an entrepreneur since uh, 1995. 1995, I left a PR position that I was, had here in Oregon at a hospital. So I have a lot of healthcare experience and, and actually love healthcare. And then I decided uh, to do, believe it or not, if you build it, they will come. And I had no idea what I was doing. I started freelancing in PR and then picked up some high tech work and thought, okay, this could change healthcare technology. So I ended up uh, through a friend uh, getting to represent Microsoft's uh, healthcare vertical for about five years. And what that means is I was their PR and analyst relations person. And I um, regularly had them with interviews with the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, BBC Worldwide. I flew to New York once and they filmed in a physician's office um, with a new um, handheld device that was uh, just coming out. So I really rode that dot-com bus time all the way through and just had a, <clears throat> excuse me, a tremendous business. Like that was a mid six-figure business and just built it. Um, I did the right things. I got an attorney. I formed a corporation. I had an accountant. And then I just realized how to do the rest um, myself. And it was amazing. So and I really created a strength-based company because I had all my people do be my, um, I had four people working with me and we just did, we knew ourselves. We knew my style, their strengths, everything. And they were my, they shored up my weaknesses with their strengths. I mean, it was really a tremendous team. So I learned a lot with that. And then I decided um, after my younger brother died in 05, I decided that I wanted to work with people 
and was on the path to getting a master's in that when he died. And so I ended up deciding, well, how can I learn to work with people and found Martha Beck before there were many life coaches. And I think I was one of the first 50 to a hundred wow. life coaches, you know, way back. Um, by the way, I started my first business at age 47. So people need to know this. <laughs> I started my second business at age 58. Wow. And that business, the coaching business, I grew that up to a hundred thousand. I just am really a I, I decided, okay, if I did it once, I can do it again. So I did it again. And then um, in 2000, oh, and then I became a master coach. And my focus in my business is on mindset now. And basically that um, teaching people the things that gave me the biggest ahas, which started out to be, you are not your thoughts. And, and your ego is your thoughts, your language center. And so um, how to monitor your thoughts, how to shift your thoughts, how to question your thoughts. And I spent 700 hours in Byron Katie's Institute um, questioning thoughts. And basically that's the industrial strength method of what I do with my clients. Because if someone is stuck, it's always a thought that keeps them stuck. So I, I'm just um, go in like heat, heat seeking missile after these, <laughs> after these thoughts and beliefs and that's where i see massive transformation just massive so that's what i was doing until uh 2017 i was in a major car well near fatal car crash in baja mexico and um i had surgeries in baja too and one in a little hospital in constitucion where no one spoke english and uh, luckily my husband was not hurt. So um, we were sure that I would have died if he had been hurt because they wanted to keep me and they didn't have any other care. And so anyway, long story short, I had another uh, La Paz, a second um, surgery, and I had a total, they airlifted me to San Diego and I had five surgeries in total in 15 days. Um, had my small bowel, fractured sacrum, all kinds of stuff. I had no idea I could not walk. So I had to learn to walk and um, was in the hospital six weeks and then here at home with home care. And it took me 18 months to recover. And so my list forgot a lot of them, who I was. And um, then I have a good core group of about 2000 who've been with me. They just continue to open my emails. And what I'm doing now um, that I'm back, it's, um, in fact, I was talking to my physician yesterday who's helped me through this whole thing, my internist. And after I talked to her, she said, you know, it sounds like getting your business back up was harder than your recovery. <laughs> and I said to her, you are absolutely right. This has been, and I've never admitted this out publicly, but I will write about it because I'm still in it. Yeah. But it has been harder than my recovery because, mm -hmm. you know, just to get to get back into this. And then there's just been technology problems up the wazoo. So I realized that I, I'm a person who pays attention to the sign. So I realized the sign is for me to write this book that about my recovery, because it was pretty miraculous. And I healed um, quickly. My sixth surgery was a big one about four months after I got home. And then they damaged my femoral nerve, which is oh my quad gosh. muscle. And they said, we don't know if it'll ever come back. And my husband and I just cried. 
we were, he's in a form, he's an emergency physician who's been retired three years. We just cried. We just thought, and, and of course the surgeon was devastated <laughs> because we were all ready for me just to recover because I'd been recovering well from all these surgeries. And so that was the low point. And I was a fall mm-hmm. risk and was falling with a walker and um, keeping my mind out of the dumper because my horror show is what'll happen if something happens to John, I'll have to go to a nursing home, blah, blah, blah. And I had to go back out and get that story and say, nope, come back to the present moment. Yeah. It was tough. And, um, but again, I'm the most really resilient. So I just thought onwards and lo and behold, in two months I could stand on it um, just a little bit. It wasn't coming back all the way. And I'd forget and run out to see the postwoman and fall on the front porch. Oh, oh my God. So humiliated. And she ran to the, you know, ran to me. So just, it was a long process, but I can, I can actually hike four and a half miles on the 21st in a few, in a week, I'm going to do what I call my marathon, which is on the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm going to hike uh, Rosary Lakes, which is six and a half miles. So in the hospital, this is what I was thinking about, you know, this is what I wanted to do and not miss anymore of. So um, that's going to be my um, little, I guess, triathlon for me. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm in the, you know, my number one job right now is exercising to stay strong and then write this book. And I'm going to, as I talked to you, probably start a podcast on resilience and interview a lot of doctors and all kinds of people who study resilience. And um, it's very fascinating. There's this part, a new, new psychology about post-traumatic growth. And not everybody does have post-traumatic growth, but I do. And that is something I just want to really talk about because I think, you know, these can be openings and break us open to who we really are meant to be because we, we, bec- we can. It's a matter of, uh, choice and often people don't realize they have a choice but I will say this one thing real quick after my fifth surgery I heard a voice that said and it was not my voice of my intuition or anything I'd ever heard before but it said you get to choose how you go through this situation this experience what will you choose and I immediately thought I'll choose the high road because I don't want to be a victim and wow. I started thinking, okay, high road, that's love, that's gratitude. And I, I can't, I literally could not do anything. I had eight tubes coming out of my body. And even to get me up in bed, they were just flummoxed at how to get the tubes straight so they could try to stand me up. It was just really tough. And I just was so grateful. And I, at night when I felt well, I asked an ICU manager to bring me Um, you know, the forums for the staff and my husband and I would write about the nurses or the people that cared for me because Mm -hmm. nobody does that first of all. And they were so grateful. And um, because of being in that high vibration of love and gratitude, I started noticing and beginning to think, I wonder if they notice the light coming out of me or if they notice something different And surely enough, they did. I started to have a doctor who was a pulmonologist who was now off my case coming in like every day. And my trauma doctor, Dr. Kill, if you can believe that's his name, 
He, he was able How to, uplifting. I know, but I love him. He was rough and tough and a great doctor. Phenomenal. Uh-huh. And, um, People, and then I had a CNA who said, I know you have to go, but I don't want you to go. I wish, wow. you know. And so it, it healed me faster because I was in a higher vibration of, of mm-hmm. this. And, and I saw, I had a lot of miracles happen as part of it. Um, and, and that's what I knew I was on to something with these things happening. And that because I was in acceptance of what happened and there was no resistance about you know, of course I had the thoughts, uh, why God? I've already had, you know, two other tragedies in my life that were just huge, hard to get over. But um, I saw the good. I know it's a kind universe. And that's what my husband and I did. I, I asked my husband, um, okay, can you see the good? And lo and behold, my husband just started really seeing all of this as well. And he said to me, he said, you know, I don't think I could ever have done this like you did this, but you were my guide. Mm -hmm. And I really was his guide. He would be crying when they tell us she has to have a fifth surgery. And I'd say, why are you crying? And he said, because I don't want you to suffer. And I said, I'm not suffering. You are. Everything's going to be okay. So it was really like my ego was offline and I was in my higher self. That's how I describe it. And I was in that place for about a year until I started to go back into my business. And then hmm. all hell broke loose up in the ego. Why, you should just quit. Bah, bah, rah, rah, rah. You know, so that's the stuff that I faced. And that's what we all face. These yeah. are all the dragons we face on our journey. And we're all different. And people also say to me, Oh, I had this happen, but it's not like yours. And I said, look, it does not matter. We are not comparing what happened to any of us. It's just as big to you as mine was to me. So mm-hmm. we all go through it. So, um, so I have a lot to share because I really have seen, you know, I've, I've just stepped it out between it's like accepting what's happened, not resisting it, because we spend a lot of time arguing with reality, as Byron Katie would say. You know, yeah. this shouldn't have happened. I da, 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 da. And if he didn't do this, and then there was a lot of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. The guy who drove our van is, a, you know, a, in the circle of friends that I'm in. <clears throat> and, you know, there's just, and then I can't, I don't choose to go to Loretto right now. And then my friends are building homes down there. So there was a lot of loss for me and grief, grieving as part of it. And I'm still, you know, going through that, but yet it's opening a door. I can just feel it. And um, I think if we can just be open and learn about managing our mindset, it's just that's when the the miracles can really happen. So I don't know how my third iteration, I'm coaching clients, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have a a a digital program, a couple of them that deal with beliefs and how to get clients. But I think what I'm going to do now is um, really do the thing that I'm resisting, which is you know, scared to write this book. It's just procrastinating, you know, and, and yeah. I'm starting it. And I've got, actually, I've got a tremendous amount done and research. So it's back to that again. And, and just keeping that going. And um, we'll see where that goes out. But I really do want to speak about this topic because uh, my experience uh, was probably the most remarkable thing that's ever happened in my life. And I would not 
I would not trade where I am today before I had the accident. I'm mm-hmm. all scarred up. Those are my warrior scars. Definitely. And, um, but then I think that's sometimes why, you know, these things happen. It's there for us. These are lessons we're here to learn or not. And not everybody's interested in waking up and being conscious. So yeah. it's only those, you know, who are that are ready and we need all hands on deck, you know, yeah. right now because of all the, the darkness in the world and what's going on. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So when <laughs> I... Just going back to even take your breath for just a minute. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like just thinking about one, having an accident in a foreign country where, you know, that your native language is not being spoken there. Like that alone would take so many people out. Right. And then you had multiple surgeries in another country. Right. And I'm sure for your physician husband, that would have been really scary. Yeah. He thought he actually um, told my sister, he was, he cried for 10 nights in a row because I was on ventilators mm-hmm. for seven nights and in the ICU 14. And he literally, it was almost bad news every day. Something else would happen. I had a pulmonary embolism. Oh my god! I had advanced respiratory distress, which you, you know, at my age, it's a high death rate. 30%. Yeah. It's very high. But oh my I, gosh. miraculously, they don't know why I um, got over that in San Diego. So see, I, I mean, it, he, so he knew the worst and that's why he was having a hard time. But it, you know what, it, I forgot to say this, but it was like a love story for us because my core wound, my dad always told my sister this, and I did not know this until she told me in the hospital when I could first talk to her. Mm-hmm. that she said, I think God wanted, my sister's very religious. So she said, mm-hmm. I think God wanted you to slow down. And uh, somehow it came up that da- dad used to tell us, um, you have to take care of yourself. Don't depend on anyone else. So therefore I never depended on my husband. And oh, I wow. continued to work while after he, you know, and all my friends thought I'd eat bonbons. I'd married a doctor, you know, it's like, I was horrified, (laughs) but you know, that was where that came from. And and I really did not know that. And so, you know, that was a subconscious belief that was driving my behavior. And, um, you know, that was just, that was a huge aha when I found that out. I don't know how, why I was talking about that, but yeah. (laughs) Now it's so interesting how, if we aren't learning the lesson, then there's a big, (laughs) Wow, bam. happens, you know, and it's like, oh, gosh, maybe I should have been listening sooner. <laughs> and well, and you know, the other thing I want to say, be careful what you ask for. You know what I was asking for? For I was in, I'm in a, a women's group that we meet monthly and we work on, um, it's called self-guided healing. And there's one of us is, she's trained to facilitate mm-hmm. and it's using the body and the arm test, you know, to mm-hmm. check things and you know, then we, every time I go, I'd say, uh, help me, um, learn to uh, work part-time so I could spend more time with John. And I just can't seem to unhook, I, you know, and, and I didn't know why I, I, I had searched and searched for beliefs and I thought, I can't figure out why. And then boom, there it is in the hospital. She tells me, and I couldn't unhook because, yeah. that, because that was my lifeline. You don't, 
you don't let someone take care of you. So they're in the hospital and at home for six months, he took care of me. Yeah. That it's much easier being a provider of care than a care provider, you know, and then I, yeah. you know, you have to take care of somebody. He, it's really hard. He found out, but it was just like a love story for us mm -hmm. because I had to let him take care of me. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the good we find. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's amazing. Um, I do want to go back to the very beginning of your story. And because there's so many people who are like, I feel like I'm too old to start my business. And oh my this gosh. is so unrelated to like what right. we were just talking about. But I just want to honor that because so many people are like, well, I can retire in just a few years. I'm going to keep going. And you're like, nope, <laughs> I am creating my own path here. That is incredible. Well, you know, here's the thing that so many women uh, that I deal with are doing something else but want to start a business. And I mm -hmm. think that, you know, I was in Marie Forleo's B-School the mm -hmm. first year, 2010. And I remember that I, there were 500 of us. And I think in the second year, there was maybe, I can't remember, it was, it was more than that, thousands maybe. I was the oldest person in B-School. Mm -hmm. And by and then I was in my 50s. 50 yeah. something. But um, then there was at the end of B-School when I was, I don't know, was online with them. I know there's older women in there now for sure. But, mm -hmm. you know, people think that there's this cutoff and you're just yeah. done. If you're not done, there's not a cutoff. I mean, if you find joy and you find uh, fulfillment and this was your destiny somehow, um, you know, I feel like because I survived, this is, I just feel like, well, okay, then I'm supposed to be here to, to, to give back somehow. And I feel like this is something to talk about, but the business piece, I don't think I'm quite finished, but it's certainly not going to be like I've done it before. You know, it yeah. won't be the same that I did before. It won't be hustling, driving, yeah. driving. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so when you did come back, then you released a book. Oh, I so forgot can we about talk that. about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I released a book and I realized that book was written in 2016. We were done just before this accident happened. And I came back and thought, oh, I've got to do this. How am I going to figure this out? So um, figuring out that was a, was a challenge to my brain. You know, my brain yeah. had been offline for 18 months. So, but I hired someone to help me on Upwork. Um, put the manuscript in the format that Kindle and Amazon works with. Mm -hmm. And that was tremendously helpful. And then, um, you know, just learning the rest myself. But this book is a culmination of all of the mindset work that I've done. And it's also part of the manifesting formula that I see that works with all my clients. When And these case studies are in this book. It's called Reach for More double your confidence, slay your insecurities, and make more money than you ever thought possible. Which is true. I mean, these women, the stories of the women in this book, um, when they simply got crystal clear on what they wanted, and believe me, a lot of people are not clear. Mm -hmm. And I mean down to, I want to earn this, $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever it is. Um, and then figuring backwards, how do I earn that? And, but the bigger piece, excuse me, the bigger piece is um, mindset. 
And I'll give you an example, just a real quickie. Yeah. My favorite one in the book, Teresa. Teresa came to me and actually I gave her a scholarship to Smart Women Make Money because her story was so, um, you know, tough to hear. So she Mm -hmm. was living on $300 a month and supporting her, she was helping her mother who was dying of cancer and had a special needs son at home. Mm-hmm. And they were living in a leaky garage apartment. And she was struggling with, I can't, no one can live on $300 a month. Mm-hmm. And we did the inquiry and she found out she was doing just fine on 300 a month. And that sort of opened her horizon to what she could do. And I said, what do you love to do? And she said, well, I have a sourdough baking, um, you know, book up on Amazon and I make a little money each month from that. I mean, that Mm -hmm. could have been the $300. I don't know. And I said, do more of that. So she went off and created a course. She found Udemy. It's U-D-E-M-Y. And it's an online platform for courses. And so she created a course and lo and behold, um, started, she started making five grand a month. I mean, that was, Oh my gosh. And she became Udemy's like one of their star teachers Mm -hmm. and they sent her on two paid trips to Europe. Then she made second year 84,000. And then I'm not kidding you. This is just, this is the power of removing negative thoughts that are because they literally block you. Mm-hmm. From whatever it is you want to do. And then she bought a house the next year and she's paid the house off. And now she's just, she's at another level of what, it, how does she want to do this business yeah. right now? So she's in a, a change plan, but she's, she's got these skills. It's incredible. So, um, and she was having trouble being famous because people would just literally find her, come to her door and, you know, she just is more introverted than that. Yeah. So it's been interesting, but she's just one of many. And I mean, literally every other week I'm coaching uh, the women and smart women make money. I do a mm-hmm. live coaching and this is, we're just picking off these beliefs and then they go off and do amazing things. And it's the most validating work I do really. That's so cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that book's on Amazon, and I recommend that you guys go up there and get it. And I hope you like it. And if you do, leave me a review because it's powerful work, and it's a step-by-step in the book how to do this. That is so. That's so cool. Um, when you um, first released it, I had it like on my list. Like I need to order this, you know. And then life happens, and I haven't yet. But as I was doing my research for today, I was like, I have to go and order this. So it's coming. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. I'm well, so excited to read it. It's a tiny but powerful book. Um, that's what I say about it. It's tiny but mighty. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I love that, and especially um, for women, you know. The, so many are, I feel like almost all of us are so busy, you know? And so if it is something that is small, but impactful, um, that is so much better to me than something ginormous that I have to like weed through to try and find like, Oh, it's a fast read. And you can write in the book, you can write in the spaces and do it. Oh, that is amazing. Amazing. 
Okay. So I have so many more questions, but I want to like keep with our time. So if there is someone who's at the beginning of your journey, um, what is your advice or your encouragement um, for them? What I would say to someone just starting out, and I would assume that you want to start a business or you want to do some kind of gig on the side. One of the things I always recommend is if you're in a, if you work full time and you're, you know, it's said that, and I've heard this forever. I used to teach job skills in another, you know, time in my life. Um, 70% are not happy with their work, 70%. So they go to work every day and they're not happy. And, you know, the world of work is changing and it's never been a better time to start a business. And, and 1,800 women a day are starting businesses, which is- That's incredible. incredible. It is. And many of them are their uh, providers or um, at least, you know, um, there might be two income producers, but that's a big source of their income. And if that's like you, what I would recommend is that you do your little side gig um, you, you just don't want to leave and say, okay, I'm going to start, for example, a coaching business and you don't have any clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend, like I've ha- I had a copywriter and, and actually she's in the book. Uh, she basically came to me and was working full-time as a copywriter for a company, an ad agency or something. And she wanted to do her own business. So I helped her really with um, her energy and mindset to manage this. So she began, I suggested she pick up a big contract, which she had connections with, with Microsoft. And she got, I think she was taking small things at first, but she had two kids at home. So, I mean, she's divorced with two kids every other week. And so she, when she got enough work where it was like clear that she could pick up another contract, she resigned and then went into her business and that became full-time. And um, she's still, she's been in this business since. So it's just really managing the mindset. And then when you can flip and you can see that you can do it or Mm -hmm. you have a clear path, but it's, um, I would say never just jump out there and do it if you can, because you, it's you and your mind. Yeah. You've got to deal with that. So, um, and unless you have support, so it's important to, have support, you know, if you can, if you can't, you know, get support. Um, And often it's not the people that are closest to us. Um, And my husband never quite got what I was doing in the beginning. Um, And this was an ongoing thing. Um, Even I was making as much as he was one year, I grossed a half million dollars. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's, yeah, but I grossed that much. And still they you know they just don't understand so you've and that's typical you've, you need to get your support from someone else because i'll tell you why it's not about my husband it's more about he is not an entrepreneur mm-hmm. he does not understand the mind of an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. yes he's a doctor but they're not typically good business people frankly and um so i had and even my girlfriends didn't understand what I was doing because they had their jobs or whatever. So I became, that's when I went into Marie Forleo's B school to Mm -hmm. get my support there. But, um, and then small groups of those people are still my friends, you know, these years later. So you need to run with people that are ahead of you 
or make more money than you because look at the people that surround you and are they keeping you down because they're down or they're broke, you know? Mm -hmm. So not that you have to just get rid of your friends, but just notice who's supporting you and who's, who's not, you know, at the place where you want to be. Yeah. That's huge. That's so important. I think that makes sense. And to your age question, I've had, um, in, uh, in my Byron Katie work, I was doing work one day with a group and I think it was smart women make money actually. And I had a 20 something year old who her whole issue, her belief was she was too old. And, oh gosh. But, but I'm telling you the truth. She was too old because her friends had already been to college and she, you know, did it. Mm-hmm. So that thought can stop us anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not good enough. I don't have enough skills. I don't have enough of this. Yeah. And uh, though the universal uh, beliefs that are the most shaming that I see are, who do you think you are? This mm-hmm. is what you'd be thinking. Who do I think I am to be? Well, here's one that I deal with a lot that comes to visit. I'm not a writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to write a book. So who am I to be a writer? Yeah. Um, so who am I to be um, to teach what I'm doing or whatever? And that always happens when you're in something new. Mm-hmm. So just be aware when you go into something new, you're going to have that fraud imposter syndrome. How do, how do you recommend um, people work through that? Those feelings of not enough or the feelings of like, I'm a total imposter or whatever it is. Like, how, what do you recommend to get mm-hmm. them to the other side of that? Um, you know, usually that one, what I say to this, that could be an underlying belief that they're not aware of. So first of all, you need to watch what you're thinking. And because if you're like, I'm a feeling type. So I basically can decide, okay, if my, I'm hunched over, if I, my um, shoulders are tense, if I continue to say to myself, I got to keep working, got to keep working, then I can say, oh, what's going on? And mm-hmm. One of mine is I'm not doing it fast enough. I'm not as far along. I should be ahead. I should here. And this is typical. I should be further along than I am now in X, Y, Z, whatever it is I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I notice that the first thing you've got to do is notice it, not judge yourself and be curious. Just, Oh, there it is again. And breathe. And the faster you get at noticing and you're then detaching because this is the um, Eckhart Tolle question he asked, who is doing the noticing? So when I notice that I'm not, you know, I'm stressed and I, um, my inner critic wants me to work through lunch and keep going and all that, I realize that it's probably underneath it. I'm not good enough because I'm not getting it done fast enough. Mm-hmm. And so I just notice it and breathe and detach and, you know, walk out and, and take a break. And mm-hmm. the biggest thing I would say to start with, um, the other thing is that, how are you enough? And that can be trickier, but I would say that um, if you just flip it to how are, how are you enough and, and find specific evidence, because mm-hmm. your mind isn't going to believe um, general statements. It's got to have a specific incident like, I'm because, um, for example, I'm not good enough to write a book here. Here could be a real example for me. Um, but how, 
am I good enough to write a book? Well, I got Seth Godin, who's a famous dude, to read the book and give me a blurb. Yeah. Okay, that's number one. That is a specific thing. How am I good enough? Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. That covers them all. So that's That three. should be enough. <laughs> that's enough right there. <laughs> it is enough. And, you know, that is enough. And so, um, you know, so that, why shouldn't I write a second book? Mm-hmm. You know, if Seth read my first book, then I can hire someone who's good at editing mm-hmm. to help me with the, this next book. Yeah. And yeah. So definitely. And it'll, I hope you're ready. Help people. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to do it. And so, so that's what you do is you notice what you're thinking. That's the first thought. And then, um, you know, you, there, I will say this, Byron Katie used to have a helpline that's free. If you go to thework.com and just search around up there for helpline, they probably don't have it on the front and center anymore. They probably, it's there, but it's free. And you can go there and say, you know, I have a belief I want to work on. All you have to do is have a thought or a belief that's bothering you. Um, And you go to the helpline. That's one thing to do. Because as people like me who are in the certification program and we're, I was trained, I'm helpline ready. The only thing I lack to be certified is just doing a hundred hours on the helpline and I'm certified, but I don't need Mm -hmm. the certification. Mm -hmm. In the hospital, I decided done, (laughs) done with all that. (laughs) I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay, yeah. so for our last question, uh, unless something else pops into my head and I just have to ask you, which could possibly happen, but <laughs> um, if someone is, or not someone, if you wake up in a funk, and I don't mean you wake up in a hospital in Mexico, but just you wake up and just yeah. feeling a little, ugh, yeah. um, what do you do? Do you shift it? What are, and if you do, what do you do for that? And that's been happening, um, you know, I basically we'll shift it by going out, taking my dogs for a walk. Um, I found that exercise is the biggest thing I can do if I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't, um, and the thing is, just think about this. You're in a low vibrational state when you're in a funk. Um, and I just want to explain this. Zero is death. Okay. This is a, a chart that, uh, by David Hawkins. Okay. And it's a map of consciousness. So, and that can be Googled. You can Google that. But zero is death. Listen to this. Shame is 23. Guilt is 27. Love is 500. So wow. back when I was in the hospital, I was up at around, I was, you know, courage is 200. Anything under, anything under 200 is a negative emotion. So <laughs> let's say sad or whatever, but that's a negative emotion. So if you can think of it that way, how do you shift? to a better feeling thought. And if you can't, like if you're really depressed, um, the way, I think the best way I can do it is move my body. That's one thing, because I know if I'm out there um, for you know, 30, 45 minutes, um, I'm gonna feel better when I come back. And mm-hmm. then, um, then I would just you know, work with myself and put on some, um, there's music, um, on YouTube that will supposedly raise your vibe, meditative mind. You can just Google um, high vibrational music. And mm-hmm. that is kind of subconscious music I think they're putting together, but it just they, somehow it raises the vibration because we're at a certain vibration. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think what's happening right now, uh, I, I became a Kundalini yoga teacher in 2016, actually, also, before, believe it or not, at age 64. I'm blown is- away by all you, that you have done. <laughs> Like you have done like 14 lives. Like this is amazing. I know. And (laughs) I'll tell you, I'm loving Kundalini and I'm about to go back into where I do it and meditate a second time each day. Uh I would say for those of you who are not meditating, you've got to meditate. That's what I would say. You have to meditate. And I want to say this, you, uh, John, my husband started meditating with me a few years. No, I think, but before the accident, but after we've been steadily doing it still, we do mm-hmm. D- Deepak and Oprah and the free meditations. And mm-hmm. then I bought enough so that we can rotate those. But I also have the app Calm and you pay $59 a year. And I think there's some free stuff. So you don't have to pay it if you don't have it. But um, that has meditations you can do and they're guided. They'll teach mm-hmm. you on Calm. So you need to meditate and um And I think just moving your body and getting yourself in a different state. And then um, if you can question your thoughts and, and find proof, which we just talked about, that's proof. So that helps you feel more confidence, you know, confident. I've had people say, um, you know, they don't feel confident now. And I think the confidence thing is huge. And and that's what this book is about. Reach for more. If we Mm -hmm. wrap it around and bring it back to that. That's yeah. how to, you know, it's slay your insecurities, double your confidence. And that's because when you can't refute, your mind cannot refute evidence for what is real. Mm-hmm. And that's why most of what we're thinking, the opposite is true. This is maybe heady to talk about, but that's really what's happening. Yeah. So if you have a thought, I'm not good enough to write a book. The opposite is I am good enough to write a book. Give me three pieces of evidence of how that's true. Yeah. So if I'm not confident about starting a business, um, how am I confident? Because I can mm-hmm. guarantee there's some things you're confident about. How do you, what do you know about yourself to be true that mm-hmm. you can depend on yourself to start a business? You know? Yeah. Wow. Do, yeah. You know, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's confidence. And it's really through this awareness of what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. that's where it starts but meditation is going to change everything your vibrations everything so yeah that's so powerful yeah yeah cool awesome okay so i just had this idea and um if you are listening to this and you take a screenshot of this and you tag me and trolled in it that you are um watching or listening um i'm going to do a drawing um, and I'm going to send you her book. So, Oh, uh, that's so awesome. Yep. So, so, uh, share it on your social media and tag us in it. And I, um, we'll do a drawing. I'll put all of you into a hat and I will draw out and I will send you a book. So oh, make sure you, you do that and tag us so that we can see it and we can celebrate that, um, that you enjoyed this, this, um, podcast. So, Thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. This has been amazing. <laughs> oh, and I have so enjoyed this. Thank you so much for asking me. So I, I can't wait for your podcast to, to go live and to listen to you share about resilience. I think it's going to be amazing. So oh, make it good. happen. 
Good. I'm going to do that. I'll make it happen. I promise. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'll um, include in the show notes, the links to all of the things that she has mentioned, her book, how to get in touch with her and her amazingness. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'll uh, send you the link for the helpline so you can put that in. I know where to find it. Not everybody does. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, I hope you loved that episode. If you did, please rate, subscribe, and share with anyone you feel needed to hear that message. Also, please find me on social media at The Silver Lining Life because I would love to hear your favorite takeaways from today's episode. Can't wait to hear from you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye.